Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, today we have one more glass of Kool-Aid. We're going to say, you know, drink this glass. And here's how it goes, guys. The best morals are crowd-sourced, or everybody's doing it, right? And we live in a culture where that's kind of the attitude. Anything goes, everybody's doing it. So we want to talk about that today. I'll bring it out in some different ways to make sure we all understand what I'm referring to. But I want to just begin with a question. Here's the question. When we look back at our lives, how often did following the crowd make us look like a clown? You know, I look back at my life. A story came to mind. I don't think I've ever shared it, but I was a junior at John F. Kennedy High School. And uh, we only had, we had under 100 kids in our junior class. And uh, we had our chapel right around the corner from the cafeteria. And my junior year, we got into hyperventilating. And so I don't know why, but after lunch, we'd take our paper bags into the chapel, and then you'd put them over your mouth. You don't allow any air to get in, and you just keep breathing, and you're breathing in carbon dioxide, and then you pass out. And so we would do that. We'd pass out. And then when we finally woke up, I don't know, a minute or so, all of our friends would be laughing. And, and I look back and I think, where was my brain? I just, I don't know where it was. I guess, it, you know, for us guys, I think it's 25 when it fully develops. And I think, wow, that was crazy. We could have gotten hurt. We could have had maybe some brain damage. But we just thought it was fun to pass out. And everybody had a great time doing it, right? Then I think of some of the styles in the in the 70s, and I know some of these things come back around, so I am not making fun of any type of styles. But this one, I remember the bell bottoms with the platform shoes. You guys remember those? And uh, you had them in dress pants, you had them in jeans, and then they had the bigger bell bottoms. When I was in eighth grade, St. Mary's uh, Junior High, we had graduation, and mom took me shopping. She said, Buy something for graduation. And I walked in a store, and I saw these dress bell bottoms that were red and white checker. Just to, just imagine a tablecloth. That's basically what it was. And I said, Mom, I got to have that. And she goes, ooh. And I said, Mom, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really cool at graduation. So she allowed me to buy them. And then I had platform shoes. I looked for a picture, white, white dress pants and a red tie. And I couldn't find that picture or I would have showed you it. But it looked bad, right? And you wonder... Why did I follow the crowd, right? I followed the crowd. How about these, remember, leisure suits, guys? And I remember the leisure suits. I had, I had them. I wore them to church, and I wore them out to the bars. And uh, you had that really silky shirt, you know, and in, in the bars, you button it down a little extra so you could show your chest hairs off, you know? And then at church, you buttoned it up. But I look at those, and I think, where was my brain, right? Where, where, what was happening, right? And then some hairdos. Some of these hairdos still come back, but I had the bottom right, the John Travolta. That's how I wore my hair beginning of my sophomore year and just, uh, you know, just as long as I could, could grow it. And there's all kind of different hairstyles. A lot of my buddies had the mullets. And again, these things come back around, and God doesn't care. But sometimes I look back at some pictures and goes, whoa, I should not have followed the crowd in that particular area. But God doesn't care. Listen, he doesn't care about clothing. doesn't care about hairstyles. He doesn't care about those things. But he does care about morals. And morals are really important. God gives us these moral things in the Bible for a reason. And I love this scripture, Proverbs 16, 25. It's a great scripture. There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. 
In other words, the crowd is walking down paths and everybody's walking down paths and it just seems like it's okay, but the end is death. And death can mean literal death or it can just mean destruction. It could be if you walk down that path, you're gonna ruin your marriage. If you walk down that path, you're gonna ruin your finances. If you walk down that path, you're gonna ruin yourself for your future marriage. And, and, and so it can just bring destruction or it can bring death. And I'll share one more story. I'm not proud of these stories, but um, I, I owned a Seal Valley Barbell Club at this time. The Canfield Fair was going on. We were right across from the Southern Park Mall, and we weren't far from the, the, the fair. But me and about three buddies, we got high at the gym in our locker room. It was closed. And then we took it in the van. That was bad. And I had a van with shaggy carpet all the way around the top. It's just, just imagine shaggy. It was pink, guys. Like, really weird carpet. Um, it was my brother Tony's, but I was borrowing it. So uh, my buddies jump in. We bring the marijuana in, and we're smoking it driving down 224, and I'm becoming higher and higher, and I'm the driver. And then when we get into line, we're waiting this long line to go into the parking lot, something kicked in, and I just told all my friends, this is no longer a van. It's a spaceship. And I said, I am hovering over all the cars. And I said, we don't have to wait in line. I'm just going to hover. I said, I'll just hover over all top of Mwoko Park. And one of my friends wasn't as bad as me, and he grabbed my arm when I went to put it in gear. He said, don't you dare. And if it wasn't for him, I would have gotten in trouble. And back then, with marijuana in a car and high, you go to jail. We, my, none of my family, none of our families in that van had political collect, connections. But what if we got into an accident? What if I killed myself and other people? Some paths just lead to death. And I, it's not always the serious things, but it's very, very important for us to understand that. But when we talk about the culture, the moral culture, the Kool-Aid, here's another statement that it's actually pretty cute to me, but uh, I know what they mean. It's what they mean is not good, and it's this. You do you, boo. Just you do you. Uh, you know, there's no absolute truth. Whatever you want to do, you just do you. How would this look? Well, let's say there's two guys. One of them's having an affair. His friend finds out about it. Instead of his friend scalding him, saying, are you crazy? You're going to ruin your marriage. Why would you do that? His friend looks at him and says, you do you, boo. Whatever you need to do, you go ahead and do you. And that's the culture of the world. And we want to understand that's not the culture God wants us to walk in. Here's what the world says, guys, in all areas. Our culture says, I want to do whatever, wherever, whenever, with whoever I please. That's the culture we live in. And as Christians, we're being bombarded with that. And so many of you are so mature, you know, you, you, you don't care to walk upstream. You'll walk upstream and you don't care what anybody thinks. But it's, a lot of times when you're a younger Christian or you don't understand some biblical truths, it's hard to walk upstream against, against the culture that we're in and kind of have that attitude, whatever happens in the valley stays in the valley, right? But here's what a Christian should say. God, I want to do whatever you want, wherever you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. In other words, God, you want me to forgive, I'll forgive. God, you want me to love somebody that I want to hate, I'll love them. God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'll do. That's the world that we live in, and God wants us to be the opposite way. But a lot of times I'll have people in the world tell me, why does God have these commandments why do you have to be moral? And I'll have some Christians tell me this sometimes because they, there's just some things they don't know, and we'll see that in a moment. And here's 
what we want to say. Any of us that have raised kids, or if you haven't raised kids, but you watch someone else raise them maybe the wrong way, we all know this is true, right? Limits equal love. And so why is it that we tell our kids, you have to go to bed, you can't stay up till one in the morning, you can't have cake for breakfast, come on now. Why do we have limits on our kids? Well, because we love them. And can we all agree this statement is true, guys? The most unloving thing a parent can do is give their child a life without limits. And so we have no problem as parents, just no problems whatsoever understanding, hey, our kids don't understand everything. You say, hey, honey, you can't just go run out on that street and play in the street. They don't know. Well, what if God knows some things we don't know? And what if he understands some paths lead to destruction or maybe even death? And God says, you know what? I love you so much. I'm going to give you these commandments and I'd like you to follow them. And sometimes they don't make sense, but I can promise you if we walk the way God asks us not to walk, he's not trying to punish us, right? And so I think we all understand that with kids. I struggle as a grandparent. Um, last night, we were at my grandson, Joey. He turned 12, so we were at his birthday party. And, uh, and Ophelia was there. She's two years old, and she wanted to sit with me while Joey was opening his present. She let me know she was hungry. So I just grab a hot dog, uh, no bun, and I just sit down with her, and she just starts chomping a hot dog. And then I see Corey, her dad, look at me and just start to look like, what are you doing feeding her a hot dog, right? And with my kids, I would have never done that. I probably would have tried to get something healthier in them, but I can't say no to grandkids. So, um, But can we all agree when it comes to God and our morals, he's putting limits on us for a reason. So I have a big idea. The big idea is actually what's going to help us walk at the higher level. And it's going to give us the want to, because I know whenever I teach like this, I have a group of mature people. There's so many of you mature here. And so this is something you know, and I always encourage you guys, hey, don't allow it to be white noise. Uh, let's, let's open up our hearts, because we can always grow and see something more clearly. And then I know I have people that are newer, they don't know. Sometimes people are listening to me that's like, I don't want to do what God wants. I don't want to walk down that road. I get it. I understand it. I used to be there at one time. So I think this big idea says it all, and it goes like this. The more I understand I died on a cross, the less I want to walk with the crowd. And if you're newer, you're like, what do you mean died on a cross, right? It's an in-Christ reality. And typically when we see somebody struggling, the, the first thing we know to do as elders in the church is we have to help them understand who they are in Christ. And so uh, for those of you that know this, give me a moment to say it. We are a three-person being, three persons. Uh, we are a spirit. That's the real you. We, we possess a soul. That's our mind, our will, our emotions, kind of connected up here in the brain, and we live in a body. Your spirit man looks just like your body. It has a head. It has fingers. It fits in your body like a, a hand does in a glove. It's the real you. And when you accepted Christ as your Savior, God literally nailed that guy to a cross, and he died. We're going to see that. But I want to make sure you understand it just for the big idea, and I want to open it up further. If I can bring someone to understand that they died on the cross and they begin to understand the in Christ truths, they're going to begin to say, I don't want to walk with the crowd. That's the last thing I want to do. And so I'm very careful not to try to make somebody do something. I want them to do it because they want to. And I've learned to help people want to by coming to the place where they understand who they are and what they are. So I don't want to do something 
just so God's not mad at me. I want to do it because I know it's what's going to keep me safe, and I know that's who I am, and that's how I should live. So I want to help us understand this, and I want to share three things with us, okay? Three things about this, that we died on a cross. Here's number one. The crowd can't understand God's morals because they didn't die on Jesus' cross. If, if you're not a Christian, you have not had that new birth experience. And the crowd we live in, the culture we live in, drinking all this Kool-Aid, I mean, they just are who they are. Remember back in the 80s, those of you who have been, there's some of you who have been here a long time. In the 90s, I had that saying, dogs bark, cats meow, birds tweet, and non-Christian sin, right? I mean, it's just who they are. So I never get mad at them for drinking Kool-Aid. I just want to make sure I don't drink it, and I want to teach God's people. Let's not drink this, even though the crowd's drinking it. And there's a verse here, uh, Ephesians 4. I think, I think Paul literally, I think he was teaching, don't drink the Kool-Aid. And uh, I got this series from him. Listen to what he said in verse 17, Ephesians 4. 17. And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. He's talking about the world. And he gets pretty strong. He calls them empty-headed empty and mindless, right? But he says, I don't want you following the crowd. I don't want you drinking the Kool-Aid, guys. Don't drink that Kool-Aid. And then listen to verse 18. They've refused for so long to deal with God. That means they won't accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. They heard about him, but they refused to do it. They've refused so long to deal with God uh, that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. <laughs> they can't think straight anymore, feeling no pain they let themselves go in sexual obsession, addiction to every sort of perversion, and don't think that's all. He's talking about all kind of little things. We'll see that. And he's just saying that's who they are. So a couple of things stood out. They've lost touch with reality. They can't think straight anymore. They don't feel the things they should feel. And that's how I feel, and I know many of you are with me. This is not a political statement. It's the same no matter who the president is. It just keeps increasing. But sometimes I look at where this world's going, I look at what they want to teach our kids in school. I look at what they believe and what they're trying to shove down our throats. And I literally sometimes ask myself, am I taking crazy pills? Is something wrong with me? And then I say, oh, no, nothing's wrong with me. I'm not taking crazy pills. They crazy. And here's why, guys. They're not connected to God. They didn't die on that cross. They've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality. They can't think straight anymore. Here's the shame of it. You ready for the shame of it? A Christian that doesn't know who they are in Christ, they don't know this, the, 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 the truths of our, our Christianity, they go along with the world. And I have sat down so many times with Christians who I think I'm talking to a non-Christian, and they're just like, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with that? I'm like, are you crazy? And then I realize, guys, here's what I realize. The more I understand I died on a cross, the less I want to walk with the crowd. And there's something about coming to know that we no longer live that's absolutely amazing. And it changes us. And so if you feel like sometimes you're taking crazy pills, you're not the world crazy. It's crazy. They're doing you, boo, and we don't want to do what the world's doing, right? Here's the second thought. You're as dead as you'll ever be and as perfect as you can be. And I want to set this up. The first section of Scripture I'm going to read is talking about what happens when we accept Jesus, we also use it for water baptism. So when we talk about water baptism, and by the way, next weekend, Father's Day, 
we have water baptism here at Believers. And if you haven't signed up in Borman or Warren, you just go to the green wall in our West Lobby, the big lobby there in Borman. You can sign up right on the iPad or call the church office. We'd love to water baptize you. So if you want to be water baptized, please let us know. But water baptism has two purposes. Here's the first purpose. For you to have the opportunity to go public with your faith. There's something powerful about going public with your faith. Now in Bible days, think about this. After someone met Jesus... The, the, the pastors and things, they would take them to public water. They did not have baptismals in their church. They'd take them to public water, and they would do it in the pond where people washed their clothes and got some water. They, they'd do it at the fountain. Uh, just think about going down to the mall, guys, uh, and, and finding a fountain and water bath, and people are walking by. So here's what happened. All their friends, or a lot of their friends, saw it, and then they just began you know, Bob, he gone crazy. He's going to that crazy church, right? He's one of those Christians. And it's just something that snaps for the good inside of us when we let people know I'm a Christian. So here's what I did. I don't have to do it anymore. Everywhere I go, every store I go into, somebody stops me and goes, Pastor Joe, I love the TV show, and it's so good to meet you. So I don't. everybody kind of knows who I am. But when I was in Bible school or before I was Pastor Joe and lived locally, when I met new people, whether at work or I just, I never shoved Jesus down anyone's throat, but I wanted them to know as soon as possible, hey, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus. There's just something, it just breaks. It's a good thing. That's the number one purpose of water baptism. The second purpose of water baptism is it's symbolic of what happened when you accepted Jesus. So when you accepted him, you died, and then uh, you're dead, and then when you come out of the water, it's you symbolizes that you have newness of life. So I'm really excited about watching the water baptisms next weekend. It's so exciting. So here's the scripture that's talking about that, Romans 6, 3. Don't you know, can I stop for a moment? Don't you know? What's our big idea? The more I understand I died on the cross, don't you know? Here's what he's asking these Christians. He's saying, guys, you're not living the way you should. You're following the crowd. And here's what he's saying, don't you know? There's something they don't know because if they could understand this, it will change their lives. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, it's not water baptism, that's symbolic. When you accepted Jesus, the Holy Spirit took you and he literally nailed you to the cross and you died. That's the spirit man inside you, not your body. He goes on to say, when we were baptized into his death, we were placed into the tomb with him. I like that. You're still in the tomb. That old man's dead and decayed. As Christ was brought back from death to life by the glorious power of the Father, so we too should live a new kind of life. Well, we can now not follow the crowd because we're not the same person on the inside. And if I can just help people understand that, and so many of you know it and you're trying to help others understand it. Here's a verse I want to challenge you. If you're not all that aware of this, this is a verse, and if you have the BC app or you go to believers.cc, everything that's on a PowerPoint, you just click notes and it all comes up, but in case you forget this scripture. But if you read this to yourself every day this week, or if, let's say for two weeks, it will change your life. I'm challenging you, it will change your life. And it goes like this, Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. This is true of every Christian. When you accepted him, the Holy Spirit took that old guy and he put him on the cross. And then it says, but Christ lives in me. You were reborn and it's in the image and likeness of Jesus. It's an amazing thing. We'll talk about it next. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Can I translate that? 
Your mind won't always feel that you died. You're not always going to feel like it's true. And so by faith, you say, I believe this, and I'm renewing my mind to it, and I'm going to live this way. And it begins to change everything. When you understand you died on the cross, you'll want to follow the crowd less and less, guys. So listen to this scripture. It's beautiful. Remember I said you're perfect? 2 Corinthians 5.17. When someone becomes a Christian, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. You don't want to do you, boo, when you're dead. You're dead, so don't do you, boo. You're a new person. You are a Christian, and you are created in the image and likeness of God himself. And when we understand this, it literally changes everything. And you know how I said we're as perfect as can be? Here at Believers, one of our core values is no perfect people are allowed. What do we mean by that? Well, that's how we live on the outside, and none of us have perfected this thing called Christianity on the outside. So we say no perfect people allowed. But you know what the Bible does say about you? If you're a Christian, you're perfect on the inside. The new you is holy, blameless, and without fault before God. I want you to think about that. It changes your very approach to God. It changes your prayer life when you come to understand, you know what? I'm not living perfect. I'm still growing. This thing's coming in layers, but I am perfect in the eyes of God. I'm a new creation, and that new creation is holy and blameless and without fault. And you say, but I struggle, I sin, I do. Yeah, and we want to grow, and we want to do that less and less, but the real you is holy, blameless, and without fault. And I've come to understand that if we don't understand that, we're never able to follow the moral code of God. But if we understand that, we're able to follow his moral code. Here's here's my third point. A dead person can say no to the crowd, guys. If you're dead, you can say no to the crowd. Here's one of the coolest verses of Scripture in the Bible. Here it is, Galatians 6, 14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the great Apostle Paul wrote, read nearly, uh, wrote nearly three-quarters of the New Testament. He says, uh, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He said, I died to this world. And the world's dead to me. Why? Because I'm dead. It kind of reminds me of Godfather 2 when Michael Colleoni found out that his brother Fredo betrayed him and he gave him a kiss on the cheek. He said, you're dead to me, Fredo. And I think you and I have to be that way with the world. We have to look at the world we live in and say, I'm dead to you, world. I don't have any part with you. I died to you. You're dead to me. And I can follow the moral codes of God. And I love this section. Listen to what it says, Galatians 3.3. You have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Christ is your life. When he appears, then you too will appear with him in glory, what we've just taught. But listen to the very next verse. Therefore, because that's true, you have the power to say no to the world. You have the power to say no to the you do you boo, the moral, the crowdsource morals. You have the power to say no. And it says, therefore, put to death whatever is worldly in your, in your sexual sin, uh, perversion, passion, lust, and greed. He says, anything in you, put it to death. Now, if we stop there, you say, okay, that's all the big ones. I don't have any problem with any of these things, right? But listen to verse 8. 
Also get rid of your anger, hot tempers, hatred, cursing, obscene language, and similar things. Wait, God, I love this sermon until this verse. This, now you're stepping on my toes. I don't like it, right? Because this is what a lot of us, little things, right? And he says similar sins, which means this is not a complete list, right? But he says you can get rid of it. You can put it to death. You can, you can go upstream. You can go against the crowd. I'm excited about that. He goes on to say, don't lie to each other. Oh, come on, God, just, just a little white one. Um, you've gotten rid of that person you used to be and the life you used to live, man. We can say no because we died. And that's powerful. And sometimes I think we make this too complicated, like, Oh, we, I call it white knuckling. Like, and when you, when, when you see I died, this becomes really easy. It's like, oh, I'm dead. I don't, I don't need to do these things. And then verse 10 is so beautiful. And you've become a new person. This person is continually renewed in knowledge to be like its creator. This is that renewing the mind. And that's why a message like this is so important. And that's why I approach the crowdsource morals this way. That's why I approach, uh, approach do you, boo, and what the world's saying. Like, hey, we understand. They don't understand. Uh, they're not going to understand until they meet Jesus. But we know Jesus. We love Jesus. But we have to come to know we died. And we no longer live. And the guy inside of us is perfect. So we can swim or we can walk upstream and we have no problem. So you guys know how I like to do this. I don't know about you, but I'm excited that we died with Christ, we're dead to the world, we are a new creature. And so in Borman, guys at TCI online here in Warren, can we give it up and say thank you, Jesus? I am so excited about that. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Changes your life. Let's bow our heads, let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this beautiful part of the Bible. We thank you for this series. It's been a lot of fun, it's been a blessing. I thank you for Pastor Ryan, Pastor Joe Jr. that also contributed, Lord. Thank you for the good word we've heard. And Lord, I thank you for opening up our eyes. If Just open up our eyes to this incredible truth. Change us forever. Just because our eyes are open, Lord God. With heads bowed, eyes closed, I really believe, maybe it's some guys at TCI, maybe it's online, maybe it's Bourbon, maybe it's here in Warren. Let's our heads. Maybe it's somebody in one of these uh, campuses that we have. There's some of you that it's just the right time to do a 180 and just say, God, I repent. And God, I ask you to open up my eyes to these truths. And God, I'm going to let go of some of these things I've been giving myself an excuse to live in. I'm just going to let them go, God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you, would you, would you just let go right now? And those of us that don't have to, would you pray for those people? This is, this is a decision that will change their entire path. Thank you, Lord. There's some of you listening. I hear the words you spoke that you're hopeless, that your case is hopeless, your situation is hopeless. And God says, that is a lie from hell. You are not hopeless. You're a child of the living God. And you have the strength to overcome and begin to declare, God is my father. I've died with Christ. I am a new person. And I can say no. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you right now saying, I heard your words. 
and this is the moment I'm trying to help you. Those words are not true. If you're a Christian, they're not true. And God wants to take you to the next level. Let's stay in attitude of prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Just hearing one more thing by the Spirit. For some of you, a cloud's coming off right now of your eyes. You're seeing some things. And God's saying to you, you're going to walk in peace and joy like you've never walked in before. This is your turning moment. This is your change. It's going to happen. And I just hear that by the Holy Ghost. And it's something we can smile about because God's speaking to some of his people right now. Whether it's Boardman, TCI, online or worn. Thank you, Lord. Let's stay heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're listening. You're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. And maybe you walked in not believing in God, not, not knowing if God existed, or maybe you knew God, but you just have walked away from him. Here's what the Bible says. Here's the good news. Jesus died on a cross to forgive you of your sins and to change you from the inside out. That's why he died. He loves you. God raised him from the grave and he came out as our savior. He's the son of God who always existed. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. So as you're listening, if you say, you know what? I'm ready to call on the name of the Lord. We wanna pray with you right now, all of us. We really do. And all you have to do is accept Christ as your Savior. So would you do that with us right now? Boardman, TCI, online, Warren? Can the rest of us help them while they're praying? Just mean this from your heart. Say, uh, Father God, I realize I was born sin-stained, that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I repent of my sins and I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You died for all of my sins. God raised you from the grave. And I accept you this moment as my savior. And I make a decision to follow you. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.